Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. This episode is brought to you by the SPT Navigation System. We're here to help you navigate through your PT school journey, whether it's your first time or your second lap around, and get you through debt-free. As PT students, this is what we would have wanted to help us navigate PT school, and so we've created all of this for you. We give you the tools and resources that school does not give you in order to get into the right mindset for school success, adjusting to the heavy workload of PT school, studying smarter, managing your stress and your time, making connections, and other tools you need in order to become a debt-free SPT. Click the link in the description to join the upcoming class. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today, we have a fellow SPT and good friend of ours. Andrew is here on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, and like we said earlier, you're our second live interview. No pressure. It's going to be yeah. fun. And <laughs> for those of you coming on live, thank you so much. Um, and what we want to hear from you first for the people who don't know you is just give a little background about how you got into physical therapy. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll kind of start from, I guess, school and life. Uh, so I was born and raised in Boise, Idaho. Um, I lived there until I was about 11. Dad ended up getting a job in Olympia, Washington. So ended up moving up there, uh, graduated high school from there, um, did an associate's degree at a community college. So I actually took credit during high school, kind of like a high achiever at that point in my life. Um, took a couple extra years to kind of go part-time for my associates. Um, finished that, had no clue what I was going to do with my life whatsoever. Um, I was kind of like trying to get out of school. I wanted to work. I wanted to travel. Um, ended up volunteering, shadowing, at, uh, sonography, like radiography, like all these different like jobs ended up landing in a physical therapy clinic, outpatient clinic that was literally right across the street from my mom's job. Uh, so was volunteering there. And one of the athletic trainers at the time, cause they still had aids and techs, but um, one of the athletic trainers ended up having like a, a medical issue that he was out for like six months. So they ended up hiring me. Uh, so I ended up getting a job there and I stayed there for almost about three years. Finally decided that it was time for me to go back to school. So I wanted to go back home. So I moved back to Boise in 2014, uh, went part-time for a little bit, went and finished my undergrad um, there, which was in kinesiology. So exercise science emphasis on it. And then I had psychology minor. I was, my kind of whole plan was to apply to PT school and just go right out of it. But in all honesty, even though I was a non-traditional, um, I was, I didn't really feel like I was ready for PT school. Um, it's kind of a big jump. I felt like from undergrad to an entry level DPT. So I ended up taking a semester off 
And then I decided to apply for the master's program at Boise State in kinesiology. So I did that. I also applied for a graduate assistantship position, which I ended up getting as well, just because I was really interested in uh, motor learning and working with the statistics faculty, just because I wanted that research background. I really wanted to understand how to be evidence-based and how to understand literature. Um, so I ended up getting that position. I uh, did that for two years. Uh, I did not do a thesis track. I ended up doing just the Master of Arts track, which ended up doing a project. Um, but in my time there, I got to work on, uh, they have a Bronco Fit program. I got to help run that. Um, I got to go scuba diving in Mexico for one of my courses. Uh, it was hyperbaric physiology. So once we get to clinical physiology, that's kind of my jam. I like doing that stuff. Um, I got to work on international uh, papers and um, conference abstracts. So the statistics faculty at Boise State, uh, Dr. Yang Gao, she actually is from China and she is part of the, she's like the head of the Chinese like ACSM health and fitness, like over the entire like, country. Right. So she's like one of the head editors for all these research papers and everything. And so I was basically um, translating this, like all of these broken English abstracts into coherent like abstracts. So I was trying to like understand what they were saying and also like trying to interpret what they were saying from these papers. Um, so yeah, just a ton of like crazy experiences that I got from that. And then just being a GA, you get to kind of see the, how programs work and how you interact with faculty doing that. Um, but my emphasis at the end of it was a behavioral emphasis. So my project was while it was with the older adult strength training program at Boise State, um, a lot of my research and a lot of my like core classes were in kind of mental skills training um, with athletes, a lot of philosophy and how to teach and ethics on coaching. Um, which I feel like just gives me such a, a leg up with PT because that's essentially all it is. Um, you're just a coach and you're helping them through this healing process. So a lot of what I'm looking at doing now with myself and kind of what I follow and what I do a lot of is uh, researching more behavioral type things for PT. Um, because now that we've made the change and the jump from biomedical to biopsychosocial, it's kind of the thing that we have to really focus on is how do we use these mental skills to help uh, impact behavior change. So in patients, which is really interesting. So anyway, and now I went to school, applied right after, during my master's, uh, I'm in school at Arkansas State. So first year SPT, second semester. So hopefully going to clinicals this summer, maybe we'll see who knows with COVID, but yeah, it's going well. Look, you've had quite a journey and just to put a, a short timeline to it for the people who are like, okay, that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> what was the timeline? So when did you get your associates? Yeah. So I graduated high school in 2010. Okay. So 2012, I finished my associates. I took about two and a half. I usually say about three just because I didn't really go to school the last part of that, but um, started my undergrad in 2014, finished that in 2016 finished my master's in spring of 2019. Whoa. Last year. Yeah. A year so, ago. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, I always get jokes of like, oh, you've been in school for forever. Like literally you are never going to stop going to school. And 
it feels like it at times, but this is kind of my, definitely my terminal degree. I will not get a PhD. I refuse to go do that. So I like research, but not that much. Like, like statistics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you once you start getting into that and you're like writing those things, I mean, I know a lot of people do it in their DPT program, but if that's your only thing you're doing instead of like clinical stuff, it's pretty brutal. So, and I can't sit in a chair for that long. <laughs> that's really so. what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, so, and now you're almost done with your first year, like this summer, it will be yeah. the end of your first yep. year. Yeah. So I started in fall. I started in August of this last year. That's so exciting. Yeah. What do yeah. you think of PT school so far? It's good. Um, I think I come at it from a different perspective than a lot of students. Um, maybe other students with master's degrees or other graduate school experience understand that a little bit. Um, I think sometimes I feel like students that come straight from undergrad would have really benefited from having an extra like year of like pre-grad school experience before the entry DPT. Um, it is sometimes daunting, um, especially in, I mean, yes, it is a, a lot of content. And of course, everybody talks about the first semester. The first year is the hardest, right? Like once, if you can get through that, you can get through anything, you can do it. Um, but I think there's a lot of skills that go kind of abused in that time. So it's like, if you have a little bit of a pre grad school to that, you can kind of build those skills before you just get slammed with that stuff. But it is what it is. And this is the system we have. Yeah, that's so true, though, just because the first semester is so brutal. And that transition, you know, whether you came from undergrad, or you took a gap year for, um, or if you were, you know, going from your master's to, to this, like, it's a lot. And yeah, yeah having something even just like small in between uh, to give that preparation, I think maybe something that uh, our profession does in the future, but, but yeah, that's, that's great. And can't believe you're almost done with your first year. No, I'm excited. <laughs> so, oh yeah, definitely. I know the clinic is the best, but going into um, your first year, like what have you been doing now especially with men's health. If people follow you on Instagram, they see um, that you're really interested in men's health and, you know, pelvic, uh, pelvic health as well. So if you want to talk more about that for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I'm certified as a strength and conditioning coach through NSCA. Uh, also as an exercise physiologist, not a clinical, just a certified through ACSM. Uh, and then I'm also part of the exercise, exercises medicine so I'm a level two um, credential for that. I guess through my education, right? I've been really sport oriented. Um, I guess more strength and conditioning bound, more like health and wellness. Um, but I think through like NSCA, there's a lot of stuff that goes unsaid about that. Um, and in my experience, I think there's not a lot that we know even like in PT about men's pelvic health, but let alone within the sports and strength and conditioning world. So it's kind of one of those unsaid things that, I mean, I'm a man and I have friends that have had issues now that I'm in PT school and I look back on these and I have friends that have said things Not when I think about it, I'm like, whoa, like they actually had this, this, this potential issue. And it could be from any amount of like strength training they've been doing. It could have been athletics as a kid. It could be some sort of lumbo pelvic issue. 
Um, but what kind of really started it was uh, actually I have multiple friends that were in the military. Um, some of my best friends when I first moved to Washington, uh, my wrestling partner from high school, he's currently special forces. He's a ranger. Um, one of my friends from Boise state, one of my best friends, he was a wrestler there as well. I wrestled in high school. So that's kind of what, how I know all these people. Um, so one of the wrestlers at Boise state, he's in the air force, he's a TAC P. So he goes and jumps out of planes and he helps Rangers call in bombs and like does all these crazy things. And, uh, all of these people are the fittest of the fit. They are the top athletes, quote unquote, that you would say, uh, they, they call them tactical athletes in the strength and conditioning world because they have to be in such good shape to do what they do. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of like my master's degree kind of like why I wanted to go more behavioral and why sport emphasis came from. So kind of going that way is like, how do you get these guys to cope with these certain things that they're doing? I mean, they're getting shot at, they're seeing friends die They're you know, they have all these things and then they come back. And of course, everybody knows of, the suicide rate for veterans. So it's kind of this like compounding thing of like, okay, so we have all these issues with athletes. We have unknown issues because they don't want to talk about them as men in the military. If they do that and they talk about it, they're done. Basically um, they pull them out. They don't get to do their job anymore. They reassign them or they discharge them. Um, so to me, I was kind of like, well, if mental health is an issue, if pelvic health is, is an issue, if being fit for service is an issue, like, isn't that something that like everything I've been doing so far has been like leading up to like being in that niche, which is really cool. So, and it's honestly really fulfilling because I have friends that even though I'm not a practicing PT um, with my credentials now, I, I'm able to like assess certain things and say, this may be the issue. You need to get this checked out by somebody else. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now um, in terms of, stoic physical therapy or physiotherapy, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Um, basically that's kind of the idea that I'm looking at. Um, while it may attract more male population, I think there's a lot of females that can benefit from the same ideas and ideals. Um, the stoic, I guess, why the name, uh, because stoicism has different virtues to it. Um, I don't know if you guys have really like dove into that at all. Um, but they have four like main, like cardinal things that they believe in that they try and like hold to. Um, so it's prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. So prudence is kind of like, uh, like wisdom. Um, it's being good is honorable and then like perfection of reason. So basically like, right. Be as smart as an intelligent and like think through things as best as you can. Um, justice is kind of like duty. It is your perfection of relationships. It is, uh, playing a role in other people's lives. Um, so if you think about it as a man, uh, like societally, right, we're supposed to be kind of a protector, a provider, uh, whatever, whatever social what roles, whatever you want to talk about. But generally as a man, you feel like you need to protect others. Um, fortitude, uh, it's kind of courage overcoming like irrational fears. Um, and then temperance is self-discipline moderation and overcoming irrational thoughts. So kind of all of those things are things that we talk about in PT with patients, right? I mean, that literally every single one of those, like how do we get people over irrational fears? How do we get them, you know, to have courage to, to move through a certain range of motion or some sort of pain or whatever it may be, 
And then as a PT, you have to play a role in that. And you basically have, have a duty that you have to do. You have to take care of these people. Um, so that's kind of why the name is there. But yeah, that's kind of the idea. And then kind of training with that um, on the side. So hopefully kind of make some money. And I want to go back to what you said, that a lot of the stuff that you're doing as a student, I just want to clarify to the people joining right now. And they're like, wait, who is this person? Uh, yeah, your first year. And yes, you have tons of knowledge that you can use to help people. And a ton of people listening don't feel like they know very much, even though they definitely do. <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, I feel like coming from undergrad, uh, it is kind of daunting. I mean, I know we've kind of talked about um, the, what's it called? I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, the imposter syndrome, basically. Um, but I mean, I felt that before as well. I mean, even coming out of undergrad, right? I mean, that's probably part of the reason why I didn't want to go to PT school at first. I was like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not ready for that, right? Which just to me, I felt like taking those extra couple of years actually helped a lot with my own kind of these virtues that I'm talking about. Um, kind of helped me grow a lot. I've had had more relationships as I went through them, uh, both friends and you know significant others that I've actually had to deal with certain things that have made me so much better at coping and adapting to these situations in PT school and even relationships with faculty or other students or whatever it may be. So yes, definitely. But it's all in your own time. Exactly. And can we talk about that perfect little like trifecta of mental health, of pelvic health, of like fitness? Um, what are a couple of things that you really see in um, the people you're trying to help like with their mental health or with pelvic health or with fitness? If you could like pick out a few main things. I think honestly, they are so intertwined with each other that fitness is an avenue, right? For most people, they talk about it as an avenue to kind of have these graded exposures to things that are hard, right? So you build these coping skills through like doing tough things. You're not just going to go out and climb Everest day one. You're going to go out and you're going to go up the hill down the street first, right? And then you're going to go to the mountain, whatever. It could be the Appalachians or I don't know whatever it may be. But I feel like that is part of the fitness side of it, helping with the mental, right? But talking about pelvic health, we have this huge misnomer, I guess. And of course, in American society, it's taboo, first of all. Um, so I think culturally, we're, we're not supposed to talk about that, but especially with males. So that's why I think with kind of talking about priors with tactical athletes, that is even more prevalent. So in the military, if you're hurt or if you're not, you know, if you can't do something or you're in pain, not saying something a lot of the time actually is what most of them do. They rather not say anything. So, and I think that's almost perpetuated in men anyway, um, you know, whether it be pelvic pain, whether it be constipation, whether it be erectile dysfunction, whether it be incontinence or whatever it may be, guys don't generally talk about that at all. They, they will refuse. So, and I think bringing those together, you're able to kind of form almost a tribe with that. So, or some sort of connection that, yes, I myself am a fitness professional. Yes, I'm interested in tactical athletes. Yes, I can relate to you with, I love to go shoot guns. 
I love knives. I love, you know, whatever going out and driving a truck, like what, you know, it could be the whole cliche thing. It could be, I'm, I have tattoos, right? Like I'm totally tatted up. I have tons of money invested in this. So it's easy to relate to that. But I feel like that's kind of where I also relate with them is that that's easy for me to help in that scenario. And you bring up a really good point too, especially with, you know, that topic of uh, like taboo with uh, men's pelvic health, because I don't even know in the recent years, uh, you know, women's health has really been upcoming and more people have been talking about it. Um, but you're right. It's just how to, um, you know, be a, how, how to have that therapeutic alliance with your patient to, if they are going through this, especially as a male that they can, they can talk about it with their provider um, specifically with a physical therapist who they would see, um, you know, an hour, you know, two or three times a week and, and build that relationship. So how do you see um, that coming to fruition in the near future? Um, just like talking about it more. I think that's the biggest thing right now, right? I mean, we talk about that in PT as a whole. How, how do we get paid more? How do we do all it? You know, how do we do all these things? How do we get patients to come see us directly for direct access prior to physicians? You know, how do we get all these things? And I think just advocating for it in general and then living the, the life, right? I mean, you have to be and connect with these people. So there's no other way to do it. Um, I think that's the easiest way. Of course, you can market things for forever and maybe people will go in. But if you're not connecting with people, then you're never going to get them to come see you. So, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing with men is that there's almost not a, a tribe or like someone to look to for that. So, which is, I would say almost even scarier. I can imagine like me, I, I'm educated in the field and I understand that, but if you don't have another male who you can, you know, be able to look at them and say, Oh, he's kind of like me and relate to them on any sort of level whatsoever. Like, why would they go to you? So why would they feel comfortable? And going to a female is almost more uncomfortable because men are, you know, you have a cultural kind of, uh, I guess, thing that you're supposed to portray, right? You're supposed to be manly and you're supposed to whatever, be able to have sex with all these women and do all these things. And, you know, and if you can't do that, going and seeing a female physical therapist can only be more detrimental sometimes. So versus connecting with a male that can say, Hey man, you know, it's cool. You know, we'll get y'all figured out. Don't worry about it. Whatever you want to get back to doing, we're going to get you there. And I love that. And I think it's very, it's easy for people to kind of push that aside because guys aren't going to bring up their problems, uh, especially like that. And then in PT, at least it's not very common yet. Nobody's doing a whole lot about it. And for people or students who do want to kind of get into that world, um, can you tell them a little bit about um, kind of the, the pelvic health world in PT and how they can kind of get involved with it? Yeah. So um, currently there's a few accrediting bodies um, that have really like have certifications and courses um, kind of how I really got started into pelvic PT was actually the first semester Um one of my faculty members, she's super into it. Um, and of course I've always been into sports, but it was something that I'd never thought about. Um, but she's kind of like 
been have these little like nuggets that she puts in in our anatomy class and like we had this whole section on the pelvis and all this stuff and um when i went to csm i saw a couple of the presentations and especially there was a male pelvic health one uh the first day with gerard green and joe milios is her name i think she's super big in australia um look her up she has phenomenal like research that she's doing she's doing tons of crazy stuff in men's health like one of the top researchers um so I went to that and I was like, whoa, like we don't know anything. And if that's not like, if you don't go to that and as for someone that wants to be a sport and orthopedic PT, um, which I think a lot of people do, if you don't know anything about pelvic health and how it affects your entire body, whether that be, you know, if you're looking at physiology wise for pressure within the diaphragm to the um, basically digestive system to, you know, going to the bathroom, whatever, um, if you're looking at, if you have diabetes or COPD and how much the pelvic floor actually affects everything you do, especially as an athlete, or if you're an orthopedic PT, then like you're missing out. Like that's a bit, a large section of the body that you don't understand that, you know, you could be looking at one thing and it's really something that's in the pelvic floor that you don't even know about. So to me, it was kind of eye opening. Um, but they have a couple of crediting bodies. They have the APTA section on pelvic health, um, which is cool. They kind of change it from women's health to pelvic health to kind of incorporate more males. Um, Herman and Wallace has one. Uh, if you want to get certified, that's kind of who my faculty member has kind of pushed us towards. Um, but as a, as a male, um, there's like different levels in, of the courses. So there's level one, uh, which is a, a vaginal course. So like I could go take that, but I would have to have a partner and it's actual lab, like hands-on, so like we would be doing uh, internal examinations and everything. So I could go do that if I wanted to. Um, that's not my like, like area that I want to go into necessarily. I mean, I could go do that. I wouldn't have an issue with it. It wouldn't bother me. I think more females have an issue with a male being in there than I would have being in there. But um, you can go to just the male public health courses too. So which you would also have to be a participant. So you would have to get an internal rectal examination as well. Um, which I have not done yet. They're very few and far between, or they're like way far away from Arkansas. That I don't have the money to travel to them. Um, but, and then there's a couple other ones that you can kind of look up. They're a little bit smaller crediting bodies, but tons of options for that type of stuff. So, and women's health is a little bit more prevalent. So if you're looking at males, then, you know, like I said, it's going to be a lot more few and far between in that aspect. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of those because I didn't even know half those existed. And I think it's really cool just to learn about it. And yeah. I know in my program, we don't, we don't talk about pelvic health much at all. I don't right. know about you, but do you have like a elective or something like that? For yeah. It? So uh, Dr. Alexis Kendrick um, in our program, she's actually a recent grad from our program. Uh, she's really into pelvic health and she actually, we actually have a level one, uh, vaginal course that we're going to be hosting at our school in August, hopefully, whatever, with all COVID. But um, we have it. They have an elective course that she teaches. Um, they've actually made pamphlets and things like that for the community. Um, they've done all this educational stuff. They've sent out tons of stuff to the local hospitals and community clinics and all of these things for public health for women, for PT, So, which is really cool. Um, so my, my kind of like goal is to kind of get her go more men's health with it too, because that's one of the things that she hasn't dove into a lot. 
Um, but she knows that and we've talked about it a lot. So it's something that maybe whatever, when I get to a third year that when I have the elective then or second, late second year, then we'll do a pamphlet for men's health or, you know, whatever it may be. So you have the options. It's just, you kind of have to create those for yourself. So whatever you're passionate about, you have to kind of go after that. That's so true. And, um, it's, it's great that your, your program talks about it. And I hope that more programs, um, go more towards that of having a whole like class. I know there are some electives that, um, you talk about, you know, if it's women's health or just pelvic health in general. Um, but yeah, even if, you know, you're not, you know, you're not going to go into it and you don't want to do internal exams, like still try out if there's an elective at your program, try it. If it's something that you don't know about, then it's some like, this is a part, like you said, when you're treating athletes or really anybody, honestly, every patient that you encounter has a pelvic floor and there, there are so many things that could be affecting it. So just having a, an idea of the anatomy and, um, and what goes on is so important. So this is my call to all PT students, including myself to explore more of that. Yeah. And especially with like the prostate and everything, I mean, kind of some of those lectures at CSM, what they went over was it's like over 50% of men are going to have some sort of prostate issue where they're going to have to get it removed. And when you remove the pudendal nerve, they still don't know what all it innervates. They don't, they don't even know how it works. Like nobody knows how it works completely. So it's one of those things where it's like, if like you kind of think somebody knows about it. And then when you dive into it, you're like, Whoa, like we really don't know a lot about it. So, and it's not like females have, you know, a prostate that we're taking out. So we have such a large number of men that once they get this done, that they have erectile dysfunction or Pyrenees or whatever it may be. And how does that affect them on a sociocultural level? How does that affect them psychologically? If we're talking about, you know, biopsychosocial model, how do we communicate with that with them when it's like, yes, we understand that, you know, you want to be intimate with your wife and you can't, but we don't know why, but we don't know how to fix it, which I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's gnarly. Like, how do you even have that conversation? So, yeah. And then that pain web can continue, mm-hmm. you know, this, yeah. it's so much more than pelvic health. It's about yeah. relationship health. It's about, you know, everything really. I could go down a whole pain yeah. web. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> and I think, I, I think of it similarly to, you know, the non-specific low back pain, which is like the hot topic right now of like, how do we treat this? How do you communicate with this person? How do you tell them that? everybody has degenerative disc disease, you know, like whatever. It's one of those things that, you know, low back pain, there's a lot of, we don't know still, we just don't. And for, for all the PT students who are hearing this and uh, they, you know, they got a lot out of this episode, um, just from what you've talked about, what other advice would you give uh, to a current PT student, um, students who are upcoming, who are about to start, depending on all this that goes on? I think um, it would be to get outside of PT as much as you can. I know I have a lot of people that even through gratitude or, you know, Andrew Tran and physio memes, all these people that I've kind of met and connected with talked about going into strength and conditioning or whatever it may be. Um, 
or kind of stoicism or a lot of my classmates. And I always give them different books to read that I'm like, go read this. Like, if you want to understand why the way I am, like, and why I do what I do or why I think the way I think, there's a ton of stuff just reading outside of school. It doesn't have to be academic whatsoever. But if you're not kind of leveling up your own, you know, personal, you know, whatever you want to talk, beliefs or morals or values or whatever you think about, um, read, get outside of PT. It's more, sometimes I almost think it's more important. So, because PT is just a career a lot of the time, I need to remember that there's a lot of your life you'll spend outside of PT. That's great advice. And I want to go down a rabbit hole that you started to talk about other things that you are doing outside of PT school. So connecting with different people and um, kind of how did you connect to the different people and talk about kind of what you've learned from other things you're doing? So connecting with different people, uh, I think it's just more of an effort that you have to put in um, to kind of like, if you have a passion in something, which I would hope that most people going into PT school have a passion to be in PT, um, but you have to be able to connect with other people, right? I mean, that's the whole you want to go in with this growth mindset and understand how you can be the best PT that you can be and how you can help people the most. Um, so I think, I don't remember which one of you messaged me like a year. Yeah, it was you, Sarah, about a year ago. And we just started chatting and whatever. Um, so, and then kind of through you guys, I found your guys podcast and followed you. And then we started chatting and then following like different people that you guys interact with and kind of like connecting with a lot of other PTs um, on Instagram, honestly, cause I'm really never on Facebook that much. And I just made a Twitter, uh, like last week. So yeah, at me totally. Yeah. I think it's just, you have to be um, purposeful and intentional with what you're doing. You have to. So, and if you're not, then I think that's why a lot of people sit back and you have to start, you have to go connect with people. And I mean, I mean, at CSM, we'd literally never have met each other in person and of course, it's like, hi, I'm Andrew. We've talked on Instagram before, you know, like it's one of those things that you just have to go do that. You have to make those interactions and those connections. Um, and same with like Andrew Tran and physio memes and being an ambassador. And you have to continually put yourself out there and connect with people, even if it's uncomfortable. You know, it's one of those things that those irrational fears that I'm talking about, you know, prudence is like you have to kind of work through those irrational fears of communicating and networking. Um, and that only makes you better. So I love that you're repping some cool merch and, yes. uh, <laughs> Hashtag physical therapist, <laughs> Shout <out> Andrew Tran, or gratitude 20 or whatever you guys <laughs> code is. <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter. It, it's all great merch. It's all spreading yeah. the, oh, yeah. the message of physical therapy and yeah. you know what we do and all of that. Yeah. We already asked advice. Uh, I just was like mind blown for a second when you said I messaged you a year ago and I don't remember if it was a year because I don't think it was that long ago. It doesn't feel like that long ago. But I think it was almost a year ago. Isn't that crazy? Like that's just yeah. crazy to me. Because it feels like CSM was just yesterday, but at the same time, it feels really like is. it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. With everything happening, I'm so glad that that happened before this whole thing too. <sighs> I know. I'm so glad you guys got to meet and yeah. 2021 will be, will be the year, the centennial. Yeah. Another SPT workout. 
Look, it's happening. SPT Gabby network will be out. there, maybe. I'll be there. I will okay. be there. I am committing now. <laughs> not, just yeah. <laughs> not just virtually. Yeah, not just virtually. No. Um, but seriously, like all the connections and just thinking, oh wow, we started having this conversation a year ago. It's it's amazing. And being able to meet in person, like guys, if you especially now, like just reach out to people. Um, there's so much out there and so many connections. You don't realize you are one or two connections away from like the, your mentor, someone who's inspires you. Like it's, it's crazy. So that's our call to action for today. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton of people from physio memes and different stuff and different ambassadors and people that have reached out to me about, you know, strength and conditioning coach certification and of course, I kind of pass them to Matt a little bit and say, hey, go to Matt's Facebook group. I mean, like, I can help you, but this is what he does, you know? So, and even like, okay, I can push someone to Matt and say, this is his specialty. I mean, if you want to talk to me about ideals and mindset and what I do as a strength and conditioning coach and how I go about things may not be necessarily what you need to pass an exam, but it's also a perspective that you probably won't get when you're in Matt's group. So what I do personally and how I go about things within the field is different than what NSCA sometimes asks you on an exam. So, and I feel like that's one thing is just networking, reaching out to people, connecting like that is you only get more knowledge, more perspectives, more mindsets that you get to look at. So. And that's the point, right? You have like your bubble and then you connect to all these other bubbles and then somebody tries to come in and talk to you and you're like I don't know exactly but go to this person yeah and you have a person for literally everything 100% and that's kind of the point of this podcast too because we had nothing (laughs) we had nobody yeah (laughs) and as soon as you start a podcast then people want to come on and talk about themselves and now you have connections to refer students to and students have an easy resource that they can have kind of this follow train of, okay, so I need to go to Matt's group for strength and conditioning. Okay. So I need to go talk to Andrew about like mental health and men's health and what he does for strength and conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I'm always free. I mean, I'm not always on Instagram, but it goes right to my phone. So, you know, I'm always willing to help people. Had two people uh, call me and talk to me about our program. They found me on Instagram and asking me questions about our program. And one of them, I know she accepted the offer to our program, but, and then the other one, I'm not sure if he did or not, but um, yeah, I mean, everybody, I feel like in our group of people is so willing to help each other, no matter who it is, no matter who you are. So, I mean, just reach out, connect. So it's the easiest thing, best thing you can do. So don't be a stranger, guys. Mm-hmm. Talk to people. You're not alone. Here's yep. here's the person. Go message him. I <laughs> know. Here's the person. <laughs> but thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on today. We really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, where, where, where can they find you? Yeah, where can they find you? Where can they at you? Mostly I'm on Instagram. Uh, that's kind of my main like place that I'm at. I'm like never on Facebook except for if it's in these groups or whatever, if I'm on physio memes or something like that. Um, so it's stoic physiotherapy.spt. So S T O I C physiotherapy, which is P H I, whatever it is, P H Y S I O therapy. 
SPT. So yeah, that's usually how you can find me. You can probably stoic physio on Twitter, one word. So I probably won't respond on there. I'm not going to lie. I just made it like a week ago. So don't judge me for that. <laughs> I got so much flack from my entire cohort about not having a Twitter and being 28 years old. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and thank you, Boyd, for uh, putting – he put your at uh, in the comments. So oh, anybody yes, who cool. Thanks, Will. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Can copy-paste yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, and if you're going to do something, you should probably check out Will's profile as well because the Digital Income School, he's doing that. I just signed up. So, yeah, go do that. There's a link in my bio on Instagram. You can check it out. But really, that dude has helped me. And I know, I think I followed him maybe like a couple months ago. And like, he followed me or something like that. But just kind of like going through you guys and Andrew Tran and kind of like seeing what Will does a little bit is like mind blowing, which is a connection that, you know, he just had a a webinar yesterday with Jason Wright um, with RightFit Physio on Instagram. And since I'm looking at doing online training and building that out, Jason was like phenomenal. Like it was so much help. It was crazy. I was like, I haven't learned so many things on like how to direct my business in such a concise way. I was like, this is exactly what I needed. So that was a lot of help. And it was free. That was the crazy part that I was like, this dude just gave me this webinar for free. And then he had another one last night. So I was like, what else can he bring to me? You know, if I actually pay him or something so i'm stoked on that you'll have to keep us updated but we know it's amazing and will yes. said thank you andrew pun to spend more time with you brother yeah definitely <laughs> thanks man that was a lot thanks guys for listening yeah <laughs> thank you for fun. hopping on here yes definitely. thanks for thank you guys for having on. me on <laughs> <laughs> see ya bye bye Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.